Hi, it's Chad Griffiths. I'm the host of the Industrial Real Estate Show, and I'm glad you're here. After you listen to it, please consider leaving a review on our Apple or Spotify page and check out any more episodes to see how you can learn more about the industrial real estate market. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Happy 1st of November to you. Hope everybody had a good Halloween. As you might have guessed, I'm excited as always for this week's episode. And whether you're tuned in live or you're listening to this after, I really do appreciate you being here. If you are tuned in live, please feel free to put any questions that you might have for Joe into the chat bar. We'll get to as many questions as we can. And we're also we're going to talk about a number of interesting things about the commercial real estate brokerage industry. So I'm pleased to be joined by Joe White, if you don't mind bringing Joe on. Joe, good to see you again. It's been a while hey. since we chatted last. It's been a while, Chad. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> well, you're you're an absolute legend in the social media atmosphere <laughs> for doing everything. You're very active on YouTube. You're active on, on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. So I want to talk about all of that. But as, as you could see from the, some of the topics that we had in the uh, discussion there, First thing I want to talk, just talk about is what you're seeing successful commercial real estate brokers do right now. And just before we get to that, I think it'd be helpful for those that don't know you, if you could just share some of your background, 30 years of experience, you've worn many different hats from being a broker, an investor, syndicator. Can you share with me your journey from starting 30 years ago to where we are today? Chad, you can't keep saying 30 years. You make, you're making me sound old, man. <laughs> well, I'm only 30 now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I started in my 20s and, you know, I started off doing uh, real estate auctions and that evolved into doing commercial real estate it was where I really found my passion. And so I've always been in um, you know, doing all aspects of the industry. We have a commercial brokerage company in Los Angeles. It's full service. Um, and we've done almost all asset class. So we started off with the auctions. And we got into the commercial side of it, and then we evolved into the Commercial Brokers International. And I do a lot within the industry, like you were saying. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, our industry really needs to bring in a younger generation. I'm really focused on how do we do that? And then how do we help the existing people really find their path as we're going through in a slower economy right now? You know, it's something I've really been focused on lately is what do we need to be focused on in going forward? And so that's really been the path now. And so, but I've been involved with brokerage, property management. I had a property management company sold about two weeks before the pandemic hit. So got lucky there. Um, and I'm an active investor. I own triple net properties around the country. We were doing multifamily, but we got out of that. Uh, as the market got hot, we got some offers and, we, and we, it was too good to be true, I guess. And we moved them into STNL. We've been sitting on that, but we're always looking for deals. We're active investors. Um, we're active on YouTube. Like I was saying, everything we have on the YouTube channel or on, on the website that you see here is, um, boy, I'm backward today, huh? There we are. Uh, <laughs> got to figure out which way I'm going, uh, is about you know, really trying to help our industry from my experience. This is what, this is what I have seen. And, you know, we're on our third, I guess, I don't know if we're in a downturn yet, but we're on our third downturn. So we've seen what was coming for a while. And um, I'm just trying to put out content that can really help people make it through this. And actually, you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, how you can find that opportunity. And that's exactly what I want to explore uh, in this chat today. And why I just mentioned that the audio levels might be a little off. So perhaps I'm either too loud or you're too quiet. But if, if you could sure. bring your 
I'm, I might be too loud. I, I have this mic very close. Uh, to my <laughs> I think how you're supposed to have it, but I, who knows? Uh, yeah. So I, what are you seeing right now? I don't want to keep mentioning 30 years, but I'm coming up on 20 years. So I'm not even that yeah. far behind you on this. Uh, I think with that industry experience comes seeing a lot of trends, seeing a lot of people come and go seeing some people that have a lot of success, see some people that have a lot of potential, but it doesn't pan out. What are you seeing right now with the brokers that are coming into the market? And I still do want to talk about what existing brokers can do to step their game up to another level, or at least compete in the slower economic time. But starting with those newer brokers, either someone looking to get in or somebody that's perhaps just started, what are you seeing with that demographic right now in terms of challenges that they're having or opportunities that they can pursue yeah i just had a conversation about an hour ago with a newer agent and you know he's in multifamily based in los angeles and he said his biggest hurdle is getting people in the multifamily sector to understand that prices are changing and he goes the sellers are still wanting those prices they could get you know earlier this year and that's just not going to happen you know the cost of money has gotten to be so much more and with it looks like you know we're going to get hit with another three-quarter bump here uh, tomorrow, it, you know, it's going to be getting them convinced. But, you know, I was talking to him. I said, well, what are you doing? You know, I walked through and he's just he's just strictly focused on cold calling and he's young. He's in his late 20s. He doesn't have a big sphere of influence. So his biggest thing is getting appointments. That's that's the thing, because they're young and, you know, they're trying to figure out or he was young and fairly new. He's been in the business a year, little over a year and it's getting the appointments. And I gave him some tips. I said, you know, you've got a big office that you're part of. He's part of a, a I think there are like 40 offices around the country. Go to the seniors, say, hey, if you get a deal that's too small, I want to take a look at it. I'll give you a referral fee on it. Go find the business. You know, just don't don't pigeonhole yourself. And he was doing that. And I find a lot of them that are newer, they really pigeonhole themselves. You think this is what's going to happen. It's going to be just cold calling or it's it's going to be, you know, uh, social or, you know, they want, you've got to do everything. And so you've got to put all your eggs and have got to be all your, you got to get, create a bigger basket and you got to fill it with your eggs. I mean, it's got to be social. It's got to be writing articles. It's got to be cold calling. It's got to be sphere of influence, talking to the people in your office that maybe the deal is too small and working a referral fee with them. I love that analogy of you got to grow the basket. And it's similar to one that I use all the time is that brokerage is like playing a game of football and you can play with just a quarterback but it's very difficult to win if you don't have any offensive linemen you don't have any yeah. wide receivers you don't have a tight end so if you look at commercial real estate as you want to have a full team on the field mm -hmm. so you can't just rely on having social media being your predominant area of business development nor can you rely just on door knocking or cold calling or uh, or any of the other techniques you really want to be deploying everything and where the next generation of brokers coming up are very fluent in in technology and social yeah. media I, I i usually stress and I mean, correct me if i'm wrong on what you're saying to them but I, I think it sounds like we're on the same page is that you don't want to just focus on social media and use that as a crutch to try and generate all of your business it's a great tool to to generate some business, but it'd be very difficult to make a career solely on, on social media. It would sound like we're on the same page there. Very much. It's got to be part of it. You know, there, there's outbound leads. You know, you want to create people, you're, you're cold calling, you, you want to get inbound leads, right? Cold calling, sphere of influence, writing articles, um, and the social networks to get people to call you. 
it's a lot easier to work with somebody that has actually picked up the phone and call you than it is to just continuously cold call. So it's got to be part of it. And it's it's daunting in the beginning, right? The first time you have to put a photo of yourself out there to actually hit post. Now I don't care. But it used to, <laughs> I'm just like, whatever, judge me. I don't it. But you know, it's it's tough. You gotta take that away. And you know, you just you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta be doing everything. Yeah, I love it. And I'm just the exact same way. It's I I I was very nervous to push that first publish button when I started doing YouTube. And and I, I watched a lot of your videos just to see your confidence in your style. And I, I saw that. I saw that you you didn't think about any negative uh, comments that were out there. And and they are out there, or at least for me anyways. I've heard people that have, have made comments. And, and at some point, I'm the same with you. I just stopped caring. It's at, at the end of the day, those people aren't paying you a salary yeah. they're not paying for you to put food on the table your job our job is to be brokers or if there's more ambitious goals perhaps it's develop properties or invest in properties but we're not accountable to somebody that might be nitpicking us or critiquing how we're out there exposed on yeah. on youtube i really do think that uh for and, and that, that's it's a little bit of a uh a, a going outside of that topic of social media of, of just having to you have to start it uh but getting over that fear of what other people think it, it, in my mind is is the most important thing people can do fc there's an office broker in our market that actually just put out an awesome video the other day and they had a lot of jokes in there and it was very well done and like there could have been like some people that said oh that's that's a little cringy i loved it i thought it was such a, a great video for them to to showcase a deal that they did but that's yeah. being creative and that's doing extra things so there's there's a number of different directions we could take this but i, I think one one thing that people uh, would would get some insight from is where would you start everything that you know now if you could go back Let's let's even just say to like 2008 when social media started getting some prominence, knowing everything that you know now, either you're a new broker trying to get into the space or you're an experienced broker that just wants to start incorporating some social media. What would be your game plan to go forward and call and, and you could break it down either like the first few months or like a long term goal? Well, I think you have to start with a long term goal. And because, you know, you, you know, we do this, Chad, because we're building a community, right? And it takes a while and you've got to be patient. So you've got to really think about what asset class do I want to focus on? Who is my clientele there? And how do I build that community? You really have to start there. And then you've got to think, okay, so now take myself out. I'm, I'm now my community. What do I want from me? You know, what do I need? What should I, as the host of this show, what should I be giving to my people or my posts every day? What should I be giving them? Where do I bring them the most value? And, you know, and that, that word value, you know, we all say, you know, always bring value, but nobody really says, well, what exactly is bringing value? And it's, you know, it, it's really that simple. You know, do you do a post that really inspires or, or motivates somebody to go out and do something in your community? Um, does it bring, uh, does it show that you have market knowledge? So you're talking about the market. I mean, there's a whole list of things you need to go down and, you know, we'd be here all day if I kept going, but uh, you know, you've got to really think about how do I bring my my community value, but I start with who is going to be your community and who makes up that community. You know, I love, I love that point uh, about 
everybody says you have to add value. That's it's almost mm -hmm. become a a cliche in the industry either from a yeah. broker or an investor standpoint but what does that what does that actually mean it's a kind of a nebulous term without quantifying it uh, I, i've in the time that i've done youtube predominantly now i i've come to realize that you have to provide one of two things and i think this extends beyond youtube i think this extends to people that have success on other social media channels you either need to educate or you need to entertain yeah and that's that's what people are coming on to social media for very few people are going to want to go on to YouTube or LinkedIn and watch a commercial about a building that just got listed and it's a boring drone fly through and perhaps there's some interior footage. Unless somebody's looking specifically for that type of property, they're not going on there. So that's if they're if they see that, it's basically a commercial. And people are going on to social media not for commercials, but either to be entertained or educated. Yeah, so I, th I think that that is really key. And, and you provide a ton of, of uh, information on your channel. I think that's why you've had so much success is it's, it's not about it's not about <laughs> we try here. We go for education more than entertainment because, you know, it's it, I'm, I'm not very good at it. And that's one thing that I that's my biggest weakness is how do I make it more entertaining? I really focus on the educational. So that's my weakness. And so, you know, when I have people like you on, I'm always thankful that. All right. He's bringing some personality I can work with. And so that's part of what we try and do. It's a my, never stops. My entertainment uh, value is that I just uh, have a lot of bloopers. So, <laughs> so when, when I'm doing a video, there's usually equal parts of uh, entertainment and education just because I say a lot of stupid things yeah. and I usually throw them in at the end. So uh, I, I think you're exactly right, though. It's that the education component is great, but it has to be valuable education. If someone wants right. to come on and they want to learn something, I think social media is, especially in our area, and, I, and I'm sure you've seen this over your career as well, Joe, is that there, there isn't a ton of information for commercial real estate, certainly not for industrial real estate. It's very difficult actually finding information. And, and I know this because I have people always reaching out to me asking if there's courses or books available or, or just areas that they can learn. And there's very little information out there. I think social media, one of the most powerful things that it will do and why I still see a long runway for people to get into this is that for those that want to provide that education and it can be anecdotal or it can just be something that, that they've learned and they wanted to share uh, there, there is an, a need to fill, fill there and there's still a big gap. So I think for anyone that's considering social media, come at it from that approach is look at it. How can you either provide entertainment, which is going to be very challenging, uh, in, in our industry, but more importantly, how can you provide education? How can you help somebody learn something that they otherwise wouldn't have known? And then, then, then you're like, like I think you said it best, you're providing something to the community that otherwise wasn't there. Would you would you focus on one particular social media platform right now, or would you still try to cast a wide net and try to do podcasts and, and YouTube and Twitter? How would you narrow in when you first started? We uh, we do all all we do LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I mean, we do them all, and the reason being is you know. I've seen some of these, and you're seeing it now. TikTok's kind of taking over, right? And you're seeing some of the numbers on the other social apps drop. So you could lose if you're focused on one, then you could lose on the others. You know, so because TikTok's becoming a powerhouse, and everybody's trying to copy it because they've. I mean, if you were just on Snapchat, you know, it was big there for a while, right? Yeah. Well, now the pull isn't near what it used to be. 
And so we focus on all of them. But the, the trick is you have, to, it's different viewers in each one of them, right? The, the viewer on TikTok is different than the viewer on LinkedIn. So your content, and I have a bad habit, sometimes I'll just take the, well, I don't put TikTok on LinkedIn, but you'll see that it's, you try and make the content toward, focused on that particular app. So it should be different content. And you don't want to be posting, you don't want to take your TikTok video and post it on Instagram, Facebook, because it drives the views down. And I just did a, a video with a guy on LinkedIn. And, you know, I typically like to keep my videos fairly short. We went on for an hour and 20 minutes. And honestly, Chad, what he did is he went, went on my LinkedIn on the video and showed everything that I was doing wrong. <laughs> that, that was entertaining, let me tell you. But the education I got from it, and I wasn't doing, they've changed so much on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's a very powerful tool. And so, but make sure the content is geared toward that, a particular app. So TikTok can be different. LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram can be somewhat similar, but yeah. Great point. And on that topic, if we could actually just dive into that a little bit further, what would have you found that works? And perhaps we could even just look at all of them real quickly without spending too much time on, on any of them individually, but on LinkedIn, what have you found that's worked well for you or what's things that you want to change or explore going forward? market you see you gotta remember i'm not doing a lot of brokerage i focus mostly on the operations and the education aspect for the youtube channel but my i do get a big return on uh, linkedin because there's a lot of uh brokers that i know that they'll they'll come on and they'll 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 add value to it and that's another thing is you gotta remember you're building a community right go in and make at least 10 responses a day on each one of those it it, it can be a copy and paste they go on LinkedIn and make comments. But for LinkedIn, it's probably the most powerful for me because I've got a pretty good reach there. And um, But I'm mostly focused on market data. That's what I focus on on LinkedIn because that seems to be who my followers are on that. Interesting. What yeah. about uh, TikTok? Because you're right, it's, that's going, seems like it's every day you're yeah. hearing about it. Uh, what What's worked for you or what's, what? so I'm a TikTok skeptic. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah. I am very reticent to even consider it. What's yep. what's the uh, pitch to someone like myself or or someone listening that's been very reluctant to get onto TikTok? It's and again, I'm not I'm not on the brokerage side, but what I get is when I give tips on how to to grow your ROI. I mean, how are you as an agent going to grow your business, or how are you as an investor going to grow your business? That gets a lot, and you get comments. You get a lot more comments on TikTok. Uh, than you do on on most of the other platforms right now, and you. But I've been on TikTok for a long time. I don't do it right, you know. I really am not. There's guys like you know Kyle and Sarah, correct? Don't yes. you? Uh, yeah. So Kyle does it very well. Eddie Gonzalez, I, you probably know Eddie Gonzalez out of Arizona as well. They do TikTok right, and you know they're they're two good people that you want to go check out their TikToks and see what they're doing, because they've drawn in a great group and they have a great mix of humor um business and personal you know they will they will show like with their dog and that and i know kyle got some business because he has a pitbull mix i believe or maybe it's all pitbull but some guy or a french bulldog excuse me and um and he's some guy called said hey i see your tiktok videos love what you're doing i have a, a french bulldog let's connect and so you know that personal side of it you got to remember You've got to show that you you are a human. This is your community, and you need to be you. I don't, I don't know if when Gary V was huge at one point. He still is. Don't get me wrong, but 
so many agents were out there just doing what he was doing. And, you know, every other word was F this, F that, like Gary does, you know. And so, and it works for him, right? But you as a, a real estate agent, maybe this isn't the path. You want to be your true self. And that will come across, you know. And don't be afraid to, to show your weakness. It's, it's people relate to that. We all have weaknesses. But, uh, but yeah, TikTok has been... Uh, me giving tips. That's what's worked the best for me. Interesting. So let's go off social media for a minute and talk about uh, other things that successful brokers are doing right now. Uh, because like we said, that social media is one player on the field, but you still need yep. to have a full team out there. So what else are you seeing uh, agents doing? Because ultimately the, the job of a broker, especially early in their careers, you got to find a way to make your phone ring. There's very few clients out there that are just going to go onto the website, see you on there, see that you're new into the business and, and are going to call you. You've got to find a way to make that phone ring. So what are some of the techniques or, or systems that people you've seen are implementing to get that phone to ring? Emails are still a powerhouse, Chad. <laughs> Email programs. If you, you've got to figure out the headings and you've got, you know, how, the subject lines and don't be spamming everybody and, you know, make it a good email program is very powerful. And then another one that everybody seems to forget about is SEO. If you have your search engine, uh, your own website and you haven't updated your SEO for a year, two years or since you built the website, you know, every three to four months you want to be updating that and it'll help. Have you seen anything specifically that's worked in that regard? Like if, if on the, if, for that search engine optimization for those that don't know SEO, have you seen anything specifically that, that has worked or what people are doing to experiment or tinker with that that's had success? We have in-house people that do that. So I'm not sure, but I know the keywords are key. You know, that's changing. Um, you want to stay on top of that, but you know, it's really, you know, when we built our, when we first started, we didn't touch our SEO for a couple of years and we didn't realize that we needed to. We thought, oh, once it's built, let's just go ahead. But keywords are a, a big part of it. But I, I don't touch that on a day-to-day -day basis. I sit down with our team and I said, where are we at with our SEO? And they just give me a report and we look at, you know, how things are going. Yeah. And, and you've, you've got the benefit of having a, a team to do that. What, one, one thing that, that I did early in my career and, and for some of them I want to do the same is if you do get a, a website like you said uh, blogging is a very good way of inserting a lot of keywords uh, in there uh, so I, I had a website where I was on the top page of Google for several years uh, and and I was ahead of companies that had large advertising and SEO budgets but the only reason that I was there is because I wrote a weekly article trying to provide interest like it wasn't just a uh commercial real estate industrial real estate uh it wasn't just hammering home a bunch of keywords i'd actually put thought and try to do an article that anybody in our market would read and be like oh, okay i learned something new and because I'd, i i think i did 250 or 300 articles over the oh. course of five years yeah I, it was yeah. it was a lot but it was just kind of every sunday i would just i I'd, I'd work on it i'd kind of ruminate all these ideas over the course of the week and then come sunday i would just put something together and i kind of enjoyed the process of it and and we yeah. placed really high just because of we had so much content and some of it becomes shareable so people will share that post on social media 
and it, that that worked out well uh it's it's tedious uh so maybe it's it's something you can get someone junior to do maybe even look to hire someone to, to write uh yeah. i i th i think as soon as you start hiring someone to write or you have someone that's not as experienced right though you lose that authentic flavor where people can tell that it's more of just like a boilerplate almost like a press release as opposed to here's somebody that has some experience and they're sharing it uh but that that worked really well and then it just gives you a lot of content right if you if you produced an article once a week you could pull little snippets of that and put it on twitter you could pull snippets and put it on linkedin you can make mm -hmm. a short video so you can put it on youtube or tiktok like like you were mentioning so i i think there's a lot of value in just putting something together every week so that you're producing original content as opposed to just uh reposting and curating i think that's a, a word that i heard yeah. a ton of, of the last few years just curate content just put out uh, other news articles and and while that's good i don't think that ha that, that resonates the same as original thought content absolutely i mean it's when i was doing the interview with a guy from linkedin i said well what if i just repost all the time because that does you no good it is, you've got to do original content and when you're in linkedin you know make sure you go in and if you're going to write an article Make sure you go and write article. Don't just post it. Go ahead and write article. Make sure that's where you post it. Is that that's one I get a lot of pull from because we post a blog every almost every week. And so uh, we missed last week. So I say almost. I'm like, damn, I forgot an article. But uh, <laughs> so you've got to you need to post those out. But you got to remember when you're taking and reposting other people's stuff. The guy from LinkedIn liked it like this. He said, I'm a restaurant owner. You're a restaurant owner. You come into my restaurant and talk, start talking about your restaurant, I'm kicking you out. So LinkedIn drives those on Instagram. They all drive those views down because you're taking away from their platform. You know? Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And, and I think that that speaks to the fact that while there's definitely a human element and you want to speak to to the to the end person there is a lot of algorithms and machine yeah. learning behind the scenes that are guiding this i i even knowing that though i i'm a big advocate that you want to speak to the audience yeah. like you said you're speaking to the community whatever the algorithm does it's, it's going to do you can't control that but you can control the narrative on what what value using a cliche word again what value you're offering to your to your community on that so yeah th thanks for uh, for going into that a little bit more one thing that I wanted to move over to, because you're very active on the on the networking, the physical networking side, mm -hmm. is where you're seeing opportunities for brokers or professionals in general to to network right now. And if there's, I know you were just at the uh, Commercial Real Estate Influencer Summit in New Orleans, yeah. so perhaps you could talk to that. Uh, but where are you just, are, are you still recommending people network or is that? Absolutely. <laughs> So Absolutely. Is, yeah. Your well, network know, is your network, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it starts from, it's, I guess, let me really go back. So let, let's start from the very beginning. When you get into the business, networking is how you're really going to get going, right? Your sphere of influence, friends, family, um, even, even other brokerages, you want them to call you back. So, um, you know, and people don't even th start thinking about their CRM, right? They just think, oh, I'm going to have a CRM. I'll update it as I go. And you, you want to update it as much as you can because how are you, what's your plan when you're going to retire? I know that you, Chad, are buying properties. You're a real estate investor. When you retire, you're going to, you're going to retire and that's what you're going to do. A lot of people get into real estate and they just think, you know what, the day that I am done doing sales, I'm, just, I'm done doing sales. 
well, why not have built this platform in your CRM that you can turn around and sell? And you can turn around and work with somebody or sell it and you get a piece of each deal they do from it. There's a young lady that's uh, Natalie Wainwright is her name. You might know Natalie actually. Mm -hmm. And so I did a video with her about her CRM. She's been in the business what seven years. She can turn around and sell her CRM for over $2 million right now because she's office tenant in Nevada, Las Vegas. And she's got almost every building in her community with, she can tell you who's in there, how long they, they're been in there, lease rates, all of that. That's that's building a business. And I think you got to really start there. So I'm going to start my business and, and really um, bring value to myself for the rest of my career. So I have something when I'm done. And to go back to the CREI Summit and those kind of meetings, SIOR just happened last week in or two weeks ago in Dallas. Yep, I was there for that. Me, oh, you went to that? Yep. Oh, I didn't know you were in Dallas. Um, everybody was there but me. Uh, <laughs> I had to go to Nebraska, so you can really feel sorry for me. Uh, I love Nebraska, but it's home. Um, but it was a little chilly. You know, those things are powerful. Those connections are powerful. I can pick up the phone and call somebody in Florida, Dallas, New York, Chicago from those meetings. I'm like, listen, I need to I need to talk to you about what's going on in your marketplace. It's it's valuable information to have, and so the networking. And then making sure everything that you get, you put in your CRM. So you have all that information. Don't just do it and then and then forget about it. Make a connection and forget about it. Document everything. That's such a powerful statement to make. And, and I hope anybody that's listening that's just getting into this business uh, picks up on what you just said. Because uh, building that, is, you are approaching it from building a business as opposed yep. to being a an agent or broker, I kind of use those two terms interchangeably. But instead of just focusing on doing deals, you got to focus on the long term. And you've mentioned that, uh, or alluded to that a few times in this is that yeah. this business is a long term game. It's not do one deal, and you're going on to the next one. And the, the one that you just did is in your rear view mirror, it's all interconnected. And the only way that you can foster that and, and really compound it so that not one deal is just in on an island but you're starting almost like build a landmass uh, you have to have a crm to do that as I, I, I do want to actually do a longer video on crms at some point so stay tuned on that i'll probably reach out to guys like you as well joe just to get sure, your yeah. input on it but from the from the standpoint of, of still just of people listening right now and they're perhaps curious on crm how how do you approach a crm or recommend brokers approach a crm from the standpoint of there's a number of different options out there. Some are very expensive. They have a lot of bells and whistles. Others are very basic and they're less expensive as a result. Where do you recommend people look at from a CRM standpoint? Their need. What is your need and what is your long-term plan? If, yeah, some of them are super expensive. I shook my head a couple of times like, man, that, that'd be tough to do if you're 100% commission. So I, you know, I suggest with them to Really start with something, but make sure you're going to be able to pull the data out and put it in a bigger system when the time comes. But, you know, the, find a system that works for you, for your asset class. Make sure you understand it and, you know, understand how it really it's capturing all the information because you want to capture if you can. The more information you can capture, the better off you are. If you can get birthdays, children's birthdays, wife's anniversary, anything, you know, capture as much data as you can because and then auto send an email. Um, or you can pick up the phone and call them because there's not going to be that many every day and it takes five minutes to reach out. 
there's something to be said about hearing your voice compared to getting a cold e an email that you know hey happy anniversary to you and your wife or to pick up the phone and say hey i see it's your anniversary uh congratulations and you know it, it's but start with what makes you comfortable and you on it's easy to use for you so you know that's that's really where i tell people but plan on upgrading as you go unless the system that you're in uh can grow with you yeah, there's, I remember someone saying the best CRM is the one you use. Uh, so yeah. whether, whether it's, if I started using one that was very overwhelming and I just couldn't get in the a habit of doing it because it was so daunting. The one yeah. I use right now is pretty simple. Uh, but point you made there is, is key as well. Whatever you use, make sure you have the ability to export your data because yeah. you're going to have so much in there. Like you said, if you have anniversaries from someone you met years ago, all that data it will be in there but if you can't export it it would be too onerous to go in and manually try and pull that all out so whatever you use just make sure you have the ability to to export it uh and or, or save a backup copy as as well I, I think that that is a key on that absolutely it's it's key but you've just you've got to get it started because every day that you you're not putting data in there you're actually losing money you know. I agree completely. That that would be the first thing that I would say is uh, as soon as you kind of get your, you figure out where your desk is and, and where the washroom is in the yeah. office, like the next thing you should be doing is figuring out how you can start recording all that, that data. Yeah. Uh, so moving, moving on. And, and again, if you have any questions for Joe on anything we mentioned, please feel free to put that in the chat. I want to get your, uh, your understanding or thinking on where we're at in the economy right now. So the last one I remember where there was some genuine panic and fear of a, of a recession was 2008, 2009. Where does this stand with that one, the great, rece great recession? And where does it stand with other potential downturns that you've seen over your career? You know, that 2008 and 2009 was a real doozy, right? You know, it just kind of shut off and it, it was it was harsh. It was a lot harder, a lot harder than this. People are still doing deals. Our phones are still ringing. And now keep in mind, I'm in Los Angeles. So, you know, we're very fortunate in Los Angeles that we're, we're in a, we've got a large population in a small geographical area. So we don't feel it too bad ever, but you know, we are seeing, uh, talking to a multifamily broker this morning because yeah, the people are multifamily slowed down, you know, and he, he said, it's with the interest rates going up, you know, deals are just slowing down considerably. Larger deals are still happening, you know, but we don't see a lot of those. They're, those are more out in the Inland, inland Empire. Um, but larger deals mm -hmm. are still happening. Um, but the smaller deals are getting tougher. And so, but, you know, I I do see it slowing down, right? But I get excited about this because I've been through this before, right? For me, I see opportunity. You know, there's been 11, 12 years of an up market. And you know how many brokers haven't been doing the fundamentals, Chad? They're, and now what are they going to do? Now they're going to have to start doing them now. And so what's it Warren Buffett says? You know, everything's fine and good until the tide goes out and you see who's naked or who has swim trunks on. Well, you're starting to see a lot of agents that are, you know, they're going to be, if they were just cold calling or just doing social and weren't doing everything, it's going to be a challenge for them. And, you know, they need to get back to the fundamentals, but, um, but I don't see it being anywhere near 2008 too. I think it's going to be a, a little bit, it's going to be shorter. Hopefully it'll be, you know, not too long and not too deep, but it, as of right now, I don't really see that happening, but you know, and then there's news you see about how we have such a shortage on diesel that came out this week and, 
you know, there's a lot of little surprises that keep popping up. So, but I look, there's opportunity. Find it. Yeah. I, I agreed completely is, is anytime there's movement of some sort, whether it's downward movement or upward movement, that's opportunity for people to take it, uh, take seize that opportunity. So yeah. I, I agree with you. It's, uh, I think in 2008, 2009 was tough, but that the, the, taps got turned off there is very little lending going on it made everything very difficult but what what i'm always reminded of is it's a cycle like it's we've been in a long bull market cycle now uh so it's it's probably not surprising that we're seeing a correction of some sort yeah. whether this manifests into something more severe going into 2023 or whether we have a soft landing is a lot of economists and federal bankers are suggesting i mm -hmm. i think that you always have to just go back to fundamentals yeah. and i think that that's kind of what we talked about is whether you're a new agent or you're an experienced agent the the advice is the same you need to have those strong habits you need to make sure that you focus on doing the things that either made you successful in the past or you've seen other people have success from it and really just have that full team out on the on the field now is not the time where you're taking off a couple guys like you want to have your full team on the field playing to win Yep. What other what other advice you, would you offer to someone right now, new or experienced agent? You know, I, I tell them, you know, you're seeing a lot of people cut back on their marketing. Double down on it. Let them cut their marketing. You double down on it. You know, cast a wider net. You know, there's one thing that we as agents don't think about, and that's reviews too, Chad. You know, there's, you know, reviews, getting old clients. Even if you're a residential agent, you got into commercial, write a review, or if you were, you're in sales some kind, get somebody to write a review with your name in it, your company name in it. Reviews are very powerful. It will help your SEO. You know, it's it's critical, but you know, it's a lot of it's gonna be mindset going forward. You gotta have a positive mindset. You gotta, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be, oh man, the interest rates went up. You know, you know, we had our office meeting a little bit ago and our agents are sitting there and go, okay, so interest rates are going up again tomorrow, probably the way it looks. Where's the opportunity in that? And one of the agents goes, you know, those people that got a loan like five, seven years ago, they have to refi. I'm going to start calling them. I'm like, there you go. That's the positive attitude. There's opportunity. Start calling them because they, you know, those people might not be able to refi now. You know, it's, it's finding that. I'm sure you're calling on those warehouses from how many years ago that I probably need to, to refi. And, you know, you can come in and sweep them up. Yeah, my my business actually did better after coming out of 2008, 2009, because some people took the attitude that they were just going to golf, or they're just going to sit back and wait for things to get better. And maybe they had the, they were in a luxury, luxury position where they didn't need to have the money. But anytime you take that approach, there's guys that are hungry that are, are like you're saying that they're looking for opportunity, they're looking for ways that they can double their marketing budget or strengthen the players on the, the figurative team uh there's there's guys that are going to do that so i think anybody that's go, going to or planning on coasting through this is they're going to be coasting forever because it's yeah. you're going to lose out to people that are hungrier than you so now is the time to double down is to work work harder as opposed to just thinking that everything's going to crumble and why even work is going to be hard doing a deal it, it's like the, the wealthy people always make their money in these downturns of whether it's yeah. investors or whoever it is they always make their money in these downturns and i don't think it's any different in the brokerage industry now is the time to double down on your business yeah yeah i completely agree it's 
you know, and don't and be patient. You know, it's like our multifamily guy goes, man, I'm struggling getting stuff going right now. Everybody just says interest rates, interest rates, and you know, are killing us. And you know, nobody will. The sellers don't want to sell. He goes, but I know that, you know, that's just now. He goes, three four months from now, we've adjusted to this. He's got some deals going. He goes, I'm just, he's, I'm going to do more marketing. I'm bringing a little bit more targeted. Um, and he's doubled down on his calls. He went from doing 50 calls a day to 100, and he's expanding on his social and his email program. So, you know, it's just there. You can't let the, if you, <laughs> the TV is the worst thing, or actually all the social is the worst thing too for negative news, because that's what sells, you know, but it's be a real opportunity for, for a lot of, uh, a lot of agents. And a lot of agents are going to get out of the business because they weren't doing what we're talking about. You need to be doing. They were it's been easy to make money in real estate as an investor and as a real estate agent the last 11, 12 years, right? It's probably been the easiest that I can remember, but it's changed. And now you're, you're going to have to evolve with it because the opportunity is there. I, I love the message uh, that, uh, that you've, you've kind of come around like full circle on is it's very possible that we could go into a recession. And so, I mean, it's possible at any given day in the history of, of civilization is that you could go into a, into a recession, but if it does happen, just be prepared, be prepared to work harder, mm-hmm. recognize that there are opportunities if, if you're patient. Cause I agree with you. It's that bid ask right now between what sellers expect and what buyers want to pay is that's a, it's a big gap right now, but that will narrow as people adapt to the situation either on the buyer's side or the seller's side. So I think that's, that's, that's a really good message in there that that I hope uh, uh, people get some value uh, hearing you talk about that. Uh, I, I will wrap up with that, uh, Joe. I really do appreciate your time. I've put a link to your website as well as to your YouTube channel uh, in, the, in the description. I encourage people to reach out to you. Any other way? Oh, you mentioned LinkedIn. You're, you're very active on there as well. So we could add that. Uh, any other way that people can get in touch with you? It's uh, Joe at JoeKellinger.co, and you can email me or call me, 310-943-8542. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We put a lot of content out, and it's all designed to help people, either real estate investors or real estate agents, find uh, their footing to a better path financially in our business. And, you know, our we, we've got a – there's a real opportunity coming up, and I don't want anybody to miss out on it. It's a great channel. Yours was probably one of the first ones that I started following when I was uh, uh, started on YouTube as well. So I'm a big fan of your channel. I'd definitely encourage people to check it out. Uh, if you got any uh, value from talking more value, if you got any value from this uh, episode, really appreciate if you hit the thumbs up button. If you didn't like it, hit the thumbs down button. I'm always looking for feedback, good or bad. And I really do thank you for tuning in and catch you next week. Joe, thanks again for uh, for joining. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Chad. Okay, take care, everyone. I hope you got some value from that episode. I always enjoy getting to speak with these guests. Again, if you got any value from this, please leave a review on our Apple or Spotify page and look to catch you in the next episode.